I'm Ashley Aiken. And I'm Chris Cerna. The wedding industry has unintentionally perpetuated a culture of chasing perfection at the cost of your relationships and mental peace. We know this because we've spent a combined 16 years photographing weddings. Together, we dive into the silent struggles of the modern engaged couple, like you. Our goal is to empower you to pop that perfection bubble, embark on the journey of self-awareness, forge your own wedding planning path, and and ultimately ultimately cultivate cultivate a healthy healthy and and thriving marriage. marriage. What is up, Chris? How are you doing? Oh, you know, just podcasting with a wrestling ring going on upstairs oh. and our kids yelling and running and flipping and you know, just everything. Get get ready for that. Yeah. I, it, I told Chris earlier, we've been really recording all day. So it's always funny when I'm like, what's up? And uh, it's obvious that we've been talking already, but we've been talking. Yeah. All day. But I was like, I feel like you're at, I don't know if anybody remembers Discovery Zone. I feel like we're at Discovery Zone and I'm like hearing the ambient noise in the background as we're like in the pizza room, you know, all having pizza and there, yeah. the, all the fun is happening There's outside like some, of the pizza room. Some chatter, some yeah. like, yeah. Coffee sound. You guys will hear that stuff and you know, it just is what it is. But that, yeah, that's, that's what's been going on here. And I'm excited because if you guys listen to our last episode, last, um, this past Monday's episode, you would have heard or last Monday's episode, you would have heard us talk about basically Ashley and I's epiphanies that we had and how we're basically reorganizing our schedule so that we can live the lives that we want to live. So I'm excited because after we record today, I'm going to be done working, going to stop, going to go spend some time with Lara, the kids, and just enjoy the rest of our day. Because I mean, when we record, we're normally at it for four or five hours. So yeah. um, in the past, I would have been like, all right, let me eat lunch here. Love you kiss bye i'm back downstairs in my hole but you know there'll be time for all that stuff it'll be good i'll give larry a break and you know we'll we'll get to it so it'll be good i so agree we yesterday i normally work like we had weddings on saturday and justin came home and i saw him for the first time on sunday um after a few days apart and we woke up and i was like you know what we should like work on something together and ever since having these epiphanies, I'm like giving myself the space to, and the freedom from guilt from not working. And I was like, we've never ever since we've lived in this house, which is almost a year, had done like a house project together. Like it's always separate. Like he'll mow the yard, I'll clean the house. And I was like, let's tackle the garage. Like the way that our driveway works is from the fall, it's kind of it goes downhill, like our driveway downhill and our okay. garage is like yeah. underground and our house is like, cause we're on a hill. So our garage is underground. So all the leaves pile up in that lower oh, area man. over fall yeah. and we would open the garage cause it's cold. And then like the leaves would blow in and it just leaves everywhere. My uncle watched my house while we were gone for those few weeks, you know, like whenever that was last week. Mm-hmm. And he even made a comment to my mom, like, you know, Ashley and Justin should really sweep their garage. <laughs> it's so bad. And we trapped them in the house. Anyways, so yesterday morning we were laying down and I was like, let's work on the garage together. So we spent a majority of the day yesterday re like cleaning out the garage. And now I just like want to be in my garage. It's freaking weird. Dude, yes. I told you, did I tell you that I just spent? Yes. Well, I did tell you. You like, did. I spent some time in our garage reorganizing it. Now, granted, 
it wasn't as healthy as yours was because you were like, let's spend some intentional time. Me, I was distracting myself from doing other work, so I like spent all day in the garage. But I want to be in there all the time now. So I installed a TV in there. I had a second just TV that I was using. I wanted to use it as a second monitor. It didn't work out. So it's just been sitting in here doing nothing. So baseball season has started. I'm a big baseball fan. Big Houston Astros fan. Uh, so I installed it in the garage and... I the past couple days we've just been hanging out outside. The weather's been great. Been drinking some brews. Been watching the game, and I just want to be in there all the time now since it's organized and clean. Well, and I feel like the garage is like a very productive space, also. So if you have the TV yes. out there instead of in your living room, it's like I'm gonna tinker with the mower, or yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. Yeah, you're gonna like do. You don't just go outside. You don't sit down in the garage and watch TV. Maybe sometimes you do, like if it's at night and there's like a fight or a big game or something. But yeah, I had the game on and I was just tinkering. I was like, well, I think that would be better if I moved it over there. And then, so then I started installing some shelves on the other side. But Freaking. I get it, man. I feel you. Yeah, the garage is a cool so place. It's so good. It's so good. Well, and if you guys didn't catch last Monday's episode, um, we are like rolling through the episodes. So I think that's episode 25. Am I right, Chris? Yeah, we're at it's episode 25. 25. So yeah, that's episode That would have been episode 25. Yep. Yeah. So if you guys haven't listened, I would recommend going back because you'll learn a lot about me and Chris. It's a life update for us. But we talk a lot about this. Or I talk a lot about this book I read that has literally changed my life called 4-Hour Workweek. And 4-Hour Workweek in my life isn't really attainable because I work 10 hours alone on a Saturday. But it's been giving me this freedom to just live my life. And just like Chris said, he's going to be done with this and be done for the day and go spend intentional time with his family. So highly recommend checking out that episode or grabbing that book on audible because I'm not kidding when I like, I just have been telling people I'm happy. It's freaking, I didn't realize I really wasn't happy until now I'm like pouring into myself and it feels really good. Well, you even said a statement earlier, use the phrase freedom from guilt and man, guilt is a powerful emotion gosh it's so weighty it's so heavy Mm -hmm. and to have that guilt lifted off of yourself and no one else put it on you like you kind of put it on yourself but sometimes it's based off of what other people might think but we are the ones that put it it, we like we choose to stay in that guilt yeah so I'm really proud of you for doing that man I can tell like it feels like there's a a load that that's been lifted from you. yeah I'm like excited about things it's cool I I don't know it's crazy I just I didn't realize that I wasn't but like I have a busy day and I'm not stressed out about it. It's nuts. And I'm getting my vaccine in a few hours. So I'm nervous, but excited about that as well. Cause yeah, I'm ready to see people again. <laughs> I know we'll finally get to hang out and, I know. and do some stuff and, and all know. that. So it'll, it'll be good. It's yeah. exciting today. Uh, we actually interviewed someone. Yes. We interviewed awesome somebody that I'm also ready to see in person as well. <laughs> so very, very excited. We interview Faith Moore and she is an absolutely incredible person. You guys are going to realize it from like the second you hear her start speaking. She just drops so many quotes and nuggets that you just want to keep yeah. with you forever. And I thought we were at Chick-fil-A. There were so many nuggets. Like it was, it was wild. I freaking love that. Yes. <laughs> yes. And Oh, I just had freaking the grilled nuggets. Speaking of, I just had the grilled nuggets for the first time. Cause I'm, I went gluten-free. They're good. I was disappointed. 
What? You don't think they're good? I mean, they're fine, but they're just well, you fine. Can't, you can't expect them to be the other nuggets. Right, because the not. other nuggets are so... Oh my God, they're my favorite. And I was like, these are going to be great. But the grilled nuggets are good too. They have good flavor. No, it's just, I was bored. And I was like, mm, this is when I... Maybe I will dip into... I normally don't use condiments. And I'm like, maybe it's time that I start liking condiments. Because this is boring chicken. Get in the sauce game. It's just chicken. Yeah. So anyways, side I, note. I agree. Um, <laughs> all the nuggets. So anyways... Uh, we interview Faith Moore. She is a wedding planner. She's been a wedding planner for 14 years, but she's also been a bride twice. And so we interviewed her about her second marriage. And if you think that that doesn't like this won't apply to you, I'm going to tell you right now you're wrong. She is incredible to listen to so much life advice. She's also getting like, I believe she's certified or right about to be certified as a life coach so if that gives you any insight into how amazing she will be to listen to for your life um i mean you're you're not going to want to miss it what are some of the things that we cover chris well the first thing that i want to say if if like i don't want anyone to write this off as the divorce episode air quotes like like air quotes like oh this is only for people who've been divorced because right off the bat immediately for like 20 minutes we get into the topic of um what faith believes to be a very 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 important component of relationships that is often missing and that is premarital counseling and we go into in-depth topic about this and honestly it is so valuable if you're engaged if you're in a relationship um she she talks about it and it is a really really good thing she even talks about switching the word um Counseling. counseling for coaching yeah yeah, and so I think that that was, honestly, that was one of the highlights, I think, for me personally. I'm so glad we hit on that because it's often something that's so neglected. Same, um, yeah. She And she even talks about, like, you know, a lot of people spend so much time planning their wedding day that they neglect, the like, their life after the wedding. Yes. And premarital counseling definitely sets you up to know, like, man, am I marrying the right person? Right. Should we be starting a life together? And so it can be a hard pill to swallow, but it's a good pill. It's like, it's vitamin C, you know, like you need it, you know? Well, and (laughs) like you got to have it. As someone who didn't go through premarital counseling, I also ask her about that because I'm like, well, I didn't do it and I did get married. So like, what, what should, you know, what should I do? Not quite that far, but also if you didn't do premarital counseling, don't write it off because girl i'm in your boat i didn't do it either (laughs) yeah but yeah totally so So she talks about that we talk about that uh she shares uh, she shares about how she navigated the divorce process um how it affected her how it affected um her wedding planning she shares details of her wedding day um and then she begins to get pretty vulnerable uh which i applaud because it's not easy to be brave vulnerable and brave like and share your story and and she did that and i'm so 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 excited that she did um because i think this is one of those taboo topics that people don't really talk too much about especially in the wedding industry because it's like we know people get divorced but it's like we're not going to talk about it because that's not happy happy thoughts dude seriously when it's a reality yeah well and this is a little bit of a tangent for you guys to reach out but I happen to know somebody who is a divorce attorney and she's incredible and super knowledgeable very insightful and she's actually mentioned if that is something that 
people would find value in. If you think you're going to find value in something or stories or whatever, let me know because I can totally 100% bring her on. I just want to make sure that whatever we're the content we're bringing to you is content that you yeah. want to hear. So I didn't want to forget that because it kind of applies here. Yeah, she she so she then shares details about her wedding, uh, how it was filled with intention, some really, really incredible things, some things that they did that are now trends that they did before they were trends. Um, and so we won't spoil that surprise. We'll let you guys hear about that. She talks about how um, really the journey uh, of blending a family and what that's like and how when you were getting married a second time, it's. You know, you're now, if you have children, you know, they are now a part of that process. She has some great advice. Oh, um, such my, good advice. Yeah. We also get into the topic of, you know, faith's, faith is very important to her. We talk about how she navigated um, going through divorce while her faith is such a big part of her life. Just being real, divorce is not something that the church uh, takes normally, typically, that the church supports. And so we have a very candid conversation about that. I kind of get a little preachy and uh, get a little fired up and, and talk about that because um, the fact of the matter is the church wants to make it a black and white issue, and it's not. Yeah. If somebody is in a situation where they are in harm's way and it is not good, like, so anyways, I'm not going to unpack it. I'm going to get all fired up again, but we do have a conversation about that. And then faith wraps up with some, some advice for anyone who, uh, some things to consider. So yep. that's kind of a, a little synopsis of the the episode. We wanted to be sure to include this because again, I don't want anyone to write this off as the divorce episode. This is only good for people who are getting married again. Like the fact of the matter is, is that anybody life or marriage could lead to divorce. Absolutely. And so she has some really, really good tips. Um, about yeah. kind of how to set yourself up. Yeah, and we all know and you don't you don't enter your marriage thinking that it's going to happen to you and you enter your marriage with the best of intentions and this is the person that you love and it it's just knowing the divorce rate. We also know that there are so many people as well who needed to hear from a perspective of somebody who knows that it's not all it's not the same. Planning your second wedding is yeah. not the same either so absolutely without i guess further ado let's bring faith on today ashley and i are here with faith moore of bell amore events welcome faith it's good to have you on the podcast hello glad to be here we're I'm excited exci to have you. Well, obviously, we're about to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to actually have another podcaster on. So I hear you have multiple podcasts. I do. Yes, we have. So I have a Inspired to Plan podcast with another wedding planner out of San Diego. She and I coach and train other event planners kind of around the country. So that one is based really for wedding planners, but event creatives and event professionals cross country really, they really find a lot of value out of that podcast. We talk about really the event logistics and horror stories and all the fun things that go along with planning a wedding. And then my other podcast is called Chasing Fire. And that one um, has just launched not very long ago, but it is really more focused on life and mental health and the realities of facing the world we live in today. So that one is more life-based, has nothing to do with events. It's just my heart. So yeah. It's 
it's fun to have those. I also have a second podcast that I'm a part of. It's called the Salty Dogs Podcast. It's um, it's a faith based podcast, uh, but we three dudes hanging out and we're a little salty about church stuff and we got a chip on our shoulder and mm. and so it's it's a little sassy but it's it's really it's fun it's that's kind of a this is obviously a passion project but this is one part of my life and my faith is a, is another part so it's cool to have those outlets yeah. i would imagine at some point ashley might get another podcast going know, with some right? other once you start it's just like oh this could be a podcast this could be a podcast yeah this could it's be a, a little podcast. addicting it is yeah, yeah. I remember so, when Faith launched her second one, I was like, <gasps> subscribing. I've got to listen to more of Faith's voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, Lara, she, you said it's addicting. Um, she did a like Q&A with me and, you know, poor Lara. Anyone who's married to a podcaster, they like, and they don't podcast, they're like, so when you're, you're in a room for like three hours and what are you even doing? And you're talking and it's, I talk to like, myself. isn't that tiring? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. she did one with me and she was so nervous, but then afterwards she was like, Okay, that was actually really fun. Yeah. So it's easy to get get bit by the bug. So, um, but today we are here with you because you have something that you want to share and talk about. And so, Ashley, I think Faith texted you, correct? Yeah, she did. She well, we voice text a lot because voice texting is way better than texting texting. <laughs> and she sent me a voice text after probably listening to one of our episodes, or like just with this idea of. She has been married before and has navigated having a second wedding. And she's like, I know you guys like talk about the mental health behind it, but what about getting married a second time? It's like a whole new ball game. And light bulbs went off for me. Like Chris, I like screen recorded Faith's message and then sent him the screen recording. I was like, you've got to listen to this. And he was like, I'm in, I'm so in. And so, yeah, I'm like, she's right. This is something that a lot of people navigate. And also I've gotten messages since this. It was like all the stars aligned of people saying, you know, I'm loving your podcast. I'm dealing with planning my second wedding and it's a lot different than planning my first. And I think this is going to help me. And then also like navigating being with somebody who hasn't been married before. So like they're going through the second wedding, but their fiance is not. And so that's a whole nother ball game. But anyways, I just, it made me realize really truly how important this is. Yeah, absolutely. So Faith, why why is this why is this topic so important to you? Yeah. So I mentioned before that like I my second podcast is very focused on like mental health. You guys are very focused on mental health. And as a wedding planner, I watch people get married all the time. So I see a lot of that navigation of the first wedding and there's so much excitement and there's so much focus on the details of the wedding and all the planning of all the fun little elements and all that, which is great and fantastic. And at the same time, when it came around to my second marriage, my focus was completely and totally different and my mind space was completely and totally different. And I did a conference several years ago for women and it was focused on the marriage aspect. And in doing some research, I'm not going to give exact numbers because I'm sure they're way different now. I actually called the Sedgwick County Clerk's Office and asked how many marriage licenses they issue. And they gave me the number. And then I asked them over the course of a year. And I asked them how many marriage licenses they issue. And they gave me a number. And then I asked them how many divorce divorces they file every year. And the number was not much lower. And the reality is like the number of divorces and the number of marriages that happen, like there's – 
a lot that happen every single year within our own county. And so it's yeah. like you think nationwide, like everyone says like, oh, the 50, you know, 50 percent divorce mm -hmm. rate or whatever. And it's like if you really look at those statistics, like if you really focus on the number of marriages that happen, a lot of them are second marriages or whatever because people have gotten divorced and more people are getting divorced and i'm having brides that come back to me that you know or not not coming back to me because that would be weird but i have you know like <laughs> hey you play my first one can you play my second one you know i have brides that come to me for their second wedding um or you know i've been in this for 14 years i've watched a lot of couples that were married get divorced and i actually mm -hmm. did have a season of life where i had planned weddings for so long that as i was watching all of my couples get married i was watching them all get divorced and oh, i man, actually it was really really hard and i personally i went through my own divorce season and you guys had abigail ranny on a few mm -hmm. weeks ago which any of you listening if you haven't listened to any of her episodes go back and listen to them they are amazing you guys she's so much fun i loved being a part of her wedding planning process but i actually hit a complete shutdown phase in the middle of her planning process and I had to shift from being her full wedding planner and helping with everything. I had to downshift to just doing day of because I was struggling so much with my divorce. And I had to step back because I had such a hard time watching couples getting married who really should not be getting married. And it just was really, really hard for me. And some of them, it was like I was watching them fight with each other. And I was, you know, had some couples, it was like one couple, she was like, I don't even know if I should get married. And it was like, I don't know if you should get married either. You know, <laughs> so like we had yeah. some really rough conversations. And I ended up stepping away from the industry for a few years because it was just like, I need a break from all of this. And I need a break to just step away from all of it. And then in that process, I was able to like find my own happiness and I got remarried again. And so then I walked through the wedding planning process as that like take two, like the second marriage. Yeah. And so I saw how completely different it was. And then I had a completely life-changing experience happen in the midst of all that that totally flipped my world upside down that I absolutely did not expect. And so my whole wedding planning world just was nothing like what I anticipated the second time around which I just did not see coming. I'm literally just enamored by listening to you talk. <laughs> I do have a question though. Yeah. Okay, so, and we're, we're already, I mean, here we are. We're, gonna, we're about to get into it. You mentioned that, you know, you're around couples. And so we're around couples as photographers, but as the planner, you are really around them in yeah. lots, way more conversations probably than any other vendor. And so you said that you've, been around some couples that you realize like oh man like you start to question should they get married and it's mm -hmm. not like you're trying to be judgy or anything but when you see people argue and fight like it, you can't help but wonder like oh man what are some what are some characteristics that you've seen that have that people might not be aware of that they need to at least begin to look beneath the surface at like wow there are some real issues here that we may need to 
begin to think about? Yeah. So one of my, now that I've stepped back into the wedding planning process, I really shifted the way that I plan. I ask a lot more questions about like who they are as people and what their priorities and what their focus is. So when it comes to like, what are you most excited about the day? Is it the ceremony? Is it the reception? But it's not questions about like, is it just the ceremony? Is it just the reception? It's it's the ceremony. I can't wait to have my future be with my spouse, my future spouse. Yeah. Or it's the reception. I can't wait to party with my friends. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, is it focused on your people? Is it focused on you guys? Is it, you know, like, what does that look like? And then as you're planning, like, I send them a get to know you sheet that's very focused on like, the things that they're into together, the things that they're into separately. And depending on how they answer those questions, you can see if it's very us-focused or I-focused. If they're very I-focused answers, then you really can tell if they're very like, this wedding is about me and my future spouse is here. Or this wedding is about us and our friends will be there too. Then you really can get a sense of this day is about us and who we are as people then you really can tell, okay, they're really focused about their marriage and who they are as a couple. Or if it's a, I'm getting married and this person, I'm bringing them along with me. (laughs) You know, like that's really different. Whereas, you know, I mean, there's some couples like, especially this is atypical like bridegroom type stuff. Like the bride's into the details. The groom's like, whatever you want, honey, I don't care. You know, like Mm -hmm. sometimes the groom just does not care. And that's different than the bride railroading the groom to where he can't care there's a difference there you know it's like if he can't care that's one thing than him giving her control of i want you to have this because this is i want you to shine because i love you so much versus her telling him he can't care that gives a big insight into what their relationship is like that speaks volumes You know, or if you see a bride that comes in with her mom and she's completely disrespectful to her mom, she's going to be completely disrespectful to her groom, too. If she doesn't care about what anyone else thinks about anything regarding the wedding or doesn't care about groom's family or if groom comes in and says, this is about us and I don't care about what your family thinks. He's not going to be respectful of her family. That's going to cause division. That's later going to cause problems in marriage. You know, I mean, all those kinds of things. Like at the end of the day, this is families coming together. And they both have to think about everybody that is involved. And so if the couple as a whole isn't thinking about all the pieces and parts, there's major red flags all the way around. So I tend to ask a lot of questions in the planning process at the beginning stages that help me unpack that. And I tend to ask those questions before they even book with me. If I see those red flags before they even book with me, I tend to not even book them. Because Really? Yeah. Because I I have a hard time encouraging them in the marriage. True. And encouraging with that process. If I know that it's like, you should not be doing this. Like, I can't encourage them to pay me what they pay me and encourage them to let me do that if I know, like, I'll see you guys in separate Instagram accounts in five years. Like, I just can't. I can't do it. 
Especially so I feel like after you went through it yourself too and had to like yes. watch couples get divorced yep. and like, or like not do well while you were also not doing well, that had mm-hmm. to just be really tough. And you're like, I can't put myself in that situation again to see couples right, not succeed. Right. So do you guys think that, that couples that are in this and maybe there is some fighting, there is some things going on, there is steamrolling happening, there is disrespect from the groom to the bride's mom, you know, things like this. Do you think that couples are realizing that these are red flags or do you, that there's like deep embedded issues that have been there the whole time and the wedding is just bringing them to the surface? Um, or do you think that people are like, oh no, it's the stress of the wedding. Things will be different once we get married, but we just got to get through it. I and they don't it, even realize that. I think that they don't realize that. I think they could, they can then easily place blame on the wedding as the reason. And I'm not saying that's yeah. the right answer. Cause it, that's, if I was to pick a or B on what the right answer is, that's the wrong answer. But I think it would be an easy thing to like write it off as. I think that, I think it'd be C, all of the above. I mean, it could be any of them. It t- completely right. depends on the couple. And it depends on the relationship. So I would say that the biggest thing, and maybe I'm jumping ahead in where we wanted to talk about this, but I would highly encourage this. At at the end of the day, all this comes down to like counseling with people. Like you need to have a neutral third party that is not a parent. (laughs) That is not a close friend. Oh, so important. That is not somebody that really knows you guys on a personal level at all. To be able to like sit and unpack the deep, deep stuff with you guys so that they can really get into the personality types of who you are and why you speak to each other the way that you do and really walk you through what a relationship should be like because – even I mean, I so I grew up like super conservative Christian family, still like a very strong faith to this day, like had premarital counseling with both of my marriages. And at the same time can say that like I feel like both times still could have gone so much deeper. And there's only so much that counseling can do. Like you have to be intentional about getting to know your person. You have to be intentional about wanting to dive deep into that. If you're not intentional about like wanting to hear what your person is saying and care about what they think and how they feel, they're not going to be intentional about wanting to hear what you say and care about what you think and care about what you feel. And if you don't have that on both sides, you can't win. Like it's just you're like setting yourself up for failure. And I think one of my absolute, absolute favorite phrases is to begin with the end in mind. It's one of the seven healthy habits. It's in the book by Franklin Covey. It's you have to focus on that. Like no one wants their wedding to end with destruction at the end of the night no one wants to their marriage to end in divorce but the reality is a huge percentage of them do you have to begin with the end in mind if you want it to end with like major success you have to begin with okay how am I going to prepare for that you prepare Mm -hmm. for that by being like fully in fully in it like you have to know your person you have to decide that you're going to go all in and you're going to go from the beginning fully like engaged on getting to know who this person is. And you have to care about what they think. If in the planning phase, like you're already like not caring about what 
their family cares about. And I get it. Some family, really difficult. Like, been there (laughs) totally. I have had to plan for some really difficult family. Sometimes that is a thing. Sometimes you have to be like, okay, we are going to navigate this very, very gingerly. I totally get it. I totally understand. But, like, you have to at least give it some care and thought. And if one person's railroading the other, you're stuck. With premarital counseling, I love that you're bringing this up because I didn't do premarital counseling. And still to this day, like we throw around like maybe we should do counseling, a couple's counseling. And I absolutely Mm -hmm. 100% am like a full believer in counseling. That said, like what does premarital counseling do for you? How can you encourage people to bite the bullet, you know, because it's, a lot of the time an investment financially, but definitely like a time investment. Why is that so important? Why is it so pivotal? Well, and also before you answer that, Faith, yeah. there are people that think that premarital counseling is only for faith-based people who like their faith is important to them when you don't have to get faith-based counsel, premarital counseling. You can get, like if that's not your thing, you should still highly, highly encourage you to go do that. Now, and if you are faith-based, go for it. I mean, normally pastors and stuff are, are equipped to do things like that and have certifications and have taken courses. But right. I just wanted to highlight that before you jump into your thing. Faith. Sure. Yeah. So first off, definitely does not have to be only faith-based at all. Um, what I would encourage anybody who's listening to to think about, it doesn't have to be just premarital. It definitely, if you don't like the term counseling, think of it as coaching. Think of it mm. as like getting like somebody who can get you to think of the internal uh what's the best way to describe it allowing you to really dive deep into how you truly think and feel it allows you to be able to slow down because the planning process is just constant it's just fast 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 you're constantly moving through your checklist of I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to call this person, I got to do this appointment. And you're just moving so quickly that you can forget about your relationship at the time. Oh, yeah. Like one of the things that I constantly am telling my couples is like, okay, stop. Don't do any planning this weekend. And you guys need to go on some serious dates. Like date Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. Like mm-hmm. go on three. Connect. Make some major connections. So this allows you to slow down to really think and think about your spouse-to-be and think about yourself. It allows you to really be able to take some things about yourself that are sitting in an unconscious space and bring it to a conscious point. So it allows you to be able to dive deep into yourself. It allows you to be honest with yourself and allows you to be honest with your partner. You are able to not only bring up things in a space that should be safe, but it allows you to be comfortable enough to where somebody can coach you through in a positive way and say, okay, this is really good that you have brought up X, Y, and Z. Here is some practices and things that you can do to Allow your allow yourselves to be able to grow in your relationship in this way. Here's some things that you guys can work on that allow you to be able to move forward in your relationship. I love the idea of putting it into the into the mental mind space of like being coached in your relationship or coached in your life as opposed to quote unquote counseling. 
or quote unquote mm-hmm. therapy. Like therapy and counseling, coaching, whatever, call it what it is, especially when you're getting into this process, like this is a positive thing. This is encouragement. This is, and if you missed it, like if you already got married, so what? Like go and do it. There's only positivity that can come out of this. Yes. Do you have to maybe take a few steps back before you can take a few steps forward? Probably. Are there going to be moments that are a little bit uncomfortable? Sure. But anything that grows, you know, a seed has to be buried before it can grow. It has to go in the dark before it can come in the sunlight. You have to be able to put it in that space where it can start to flourish again and be okay with the uncomfortable to get into the comfortable. It can feel a little bit odd, but just go with it. Like it will be great for your marriage in the future. You just have to be committed. And that's the thing. Like I think a lot of people in this day and age forget that marriage is such a commitment. It's not a piece of paper. Yes, the pair the piece of paper makes it legal, but you are it's a covenant. It's a commitment. It's like a deep, deep thing. Like go with the commitment that you made. I can yeah, really start think, preaching, but I'm under I'm, I'm like, no, you see, I'm like good. nodding my I'm, we're head. We're here for it. Yes. I know, actually, I love like, that. Yes. <laughs> I need to hear all of this. this. is great. And, you know, and maybe you're a lady that's listening and you're thinking, oh, my God, I would never go for that. Like, I mean, think about this. Like, if, if he's a sports dude, any really anyone that does anything professional, they have coaches, whether they're yep. a sports player, you know, basketball players, football players, baseball players, they all have coaches. They have someone that has knowledge and experience that can give them some advice. They can see things that they can't see that they're doing wrong. And so there's, I love your shifting of um, counseling to coaching because really that's what it is. Yeah. Another thing that I want to bring up is that you know, for anyone who might be listening to this, it can be scary to even initiate a conversation about like, hey, I want to do mm-hmm. counseling, coaching. You're speaking to I want me us right to do now. this because at that point, your person might go, we don't need that. Uh-huh. That's a very common response for one person to feel that way. So, Ashley, we've talked about this before. I think one of the most important traits for you to have with your person is that you guys are willing to put work in, you can have rough patches, but Mm -hmm. if you have someone, even rough seasons of years and years, but if you have someone that's willing to stick with you and to work through those things and like, okay, we're gonna get through this, we're gonna work through it. If they're not committed to work on the front end, I hate to say this, but you should really ask yourself, are they gonna be committed to working when things are tough, when things are wrong? Because if they're not willing to put in the work on the front end, it should be a red flag. I'm not saying that they won't or that they won't ever, but it's a red flag and worth a conversation. You can express that to your person like, hey, I'm really struggling with this because I want to invest in our relationship and it just doesn't feel like you don't want to. Why? And then you might even be able to get to some reasons why in that, but it's worth a conversation. I think there's a belief that it's supposed to be easy. Like I've Mm -hmm. heard that... Like the fairy tale. Yeah. Well, like mm-hmm. even growing up with my parents and telling me, um, like even with friendships, not just relationships, but like it should be easy. And so I think a lot of people can go into their marriage thinking like, I'm, I, why should I work on it? Like this is supposed to come easy. Our relationship, like we shouldn't be fu- and kind of like just bury those things because 
it's supposed to be easy. Why should I work on it? You know what I mean? Yeah. I So I feel like that's a little bit of a generational disservice that has happened to us a little bit. And not to make that like an excuse or like the ooh hoo poor me, but like mm-hmm. our grandparents' generation shared nothing about relationships, about struggle, about hardship, about anything. They were very like- Private. Very they private. Put very private and, you know, very- prim proper dressed up everything was best pristine, foot forward best foot forward all the time you know what one generation does in moderation the next will do in excess right so they very much kept everything prim and proper so that take that moderation excess thing and flip it they the next generation showed a little bit of you know, just slightly, like you saw a little bit of it, but not, not as much. Like they kept things still very, very private. Right. So our parents didn't really share much of anything. We didn't see them fight a whole ton, but we saw some. Now, granted, there are some people, bless you, you saw your parents fight all the time. And I feel for you because that probably made life growing up really, really hard. And I'm not negating that at all. Some people did not grow up that way. So, you know, our parents' generation we didn't really see them fight a lot, but we saw them fight some. The yeah. next generation after that is, you know, not our parents necessarily, but the next group of people, they got, there was much more divorce that happened, but it wasn't necessarily our parents. So we didn't necessarily see that a whole lot, but it was, you know, s- some that happened. Actually, that's my generation. Your generation. <laughs> I saw, you know, there's more that got divorced. Yes. I'm a lot older than you. Um, you know, but it's like generation, we see it less and less. But for our age, you know, it's like we date people, we break up. We date people, we break up. We date people, we break up. And so then it, now that we're married, it's like, okay, well, if it's, you know, marriage, it should be easier and it's not. So maybe we should just break up because that's what we did when we dated. Uh, but we're married now and so we can't just break up because we're married and that's where it's marriage is just a piece of paper no longer applies because it's more than a piece of paper now it's a commitment now it's a covenant now it's way deeper than that so now we have to go past the i'm mad at you and i want to break up with you and kick you out but now it's a lot more complicated yeah so yeah. oh, I resonate with this a lot. Like if Justin and I used fought when we were dating, you'd like want to like walk away and yeah. like leave the situation. And now if we fight, which we do fight, we fight Everybody pretty does. healthy, but we all Everybody fight, does. right? Yeah. yeah, we all yeah. fight. So when we fight now, I like find myself very rarely am I like have a thought of should we like not be together? But it's came up. This was a hard year, let's be honest, for all of us. Yeah, but, it was. But so when that thought comes up, it's like, okay, but we're married. We're we're, we're going to work. We are going to put this work yes. in because we're not going to break up. Right. And I, there's a level of security there where you also can feel safe. But mm-hmm. it is hard because you weren't trained that way. Like we weren't right. trained to stick it out. Also, not that I you think know, we should. I, I, yeah, that's a lot. You know what, Ashley? You, even asking though, like, should we be together, isn't a bad thing. Like, 
that could like if you have that question like if that's being verbalized your person's talking to you they're sharing and then you can have a deeper conversation well why do you feel that way well we just you know, we just fight all the time you know we're this and that and you got mad at the grilled cheese burned the other day and the pot was in the th- <laughs> and, and it's just like okay yes all of those things happen but do you know and then it can lead to deeper conversations as opposed to sitting in True. in silence buried never being yeah. talked about and then all of a sudden it comes out of left field one day and we're like whoa, I thought we were good. Okay, great. At least there are conversations that are being had. Yeah. And, and you know, I know specifically with you two, you guys always walk away and you're like, no, we love each other. Like we're in, we're in on this. Yeah. We yeah. want to do this. Because yeah. the reality is if you didn't talk about all those things, then you would sit and then you would go to a therapist and you'd sit and you'd unpack all those things and you'd realize that it really originated from grilled cheese sitting in a pan. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, like, and then at that point you go like, all wow, that like was so dumb. "Oh, we're stupid." You know, like yeah. so does it, like you're not, you're not. But yeah. you know, it's like those things that like sometimes there are situations that are really deep. And Chris, sometimes you're right. You st- sometimes people ask those questions like, "Should we?" And sometimes you need to ask those questions because sometimes there are situations where no, you shouldn't. And and there that is that is a reality. Yeah, there's not and everybody that's, should. That's hard. It is hard. Yeah. You know, but a lot of times, really, it's in not a matter of should we or shouldn't we. Sometimes it's past that point, and it's like, well, we should be, and we are, and so because of that, we are going to this. Okay, you guys, this was like XYZ. literally a conversation. Justin and I just spent forever in the car together. You know, like forty hours yeah. in the car together. This was legit word for word our conversation, and I, I've never spoken and uttered those words like out loud to him and that's why I was like this came up as a hard year anyways on that car ride I literally was driving and I was like should we even be together like I I, and he was like are you serious and I was like I mean I think we should talk about it and then it led to very very deep conversations that like Justin and I are not shy we talk about everything like we're open books with each other with everybody else but we had like some of the like most like I would say earth shattering conversations of things that like we realized and maybe even didn't realize at the forefront of our minds things that we were thinking like we took the unconscious and brought it forward and like had these really revolutionary conversations we wouldn't have had had I not brought up like dude we're struggling like that was my way of being like this we're struggling right now we've got to figure out why Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to add one thing while we're here in this space because there might be a bride or a groom or, or someone listening to this and they're going, oh my gosh, that's us. Like if I ask this question and then like if your partner says, I don't know, or yeah, maybe we shouldn't. Like I would encourage you at that point, like it would be worth it to still go to a counselor, yeah, like don't someone stop a coach. There. Don't stop there, right? Yeah. Like it's don't just be like, well, it's done, we did it. Like. Right. Go to someone and just be like, hey, listen, like we were having this conversation and we're questioning whether or not we should be together. Can you help us navigate that? And they will they can help you navigate this whole process. They know the questions to ask and you might come out of it stronger. You guys may have gone into this coaching session Mm -hmm. beforehand thinking, yes, we need to be apart. And then you may come out on the other side being like, wow, we really do love each other. And there's going to be a whole new drive a whole new right. motivation there to make change. And it's not just you because it can't be one-sided. No. One person cannot change a relationship. Right. It really does take two. Right. So don't I don't want anyone to feel like hopeless and that there isn't hope. Like there, you can come out on the other side better or 
you come out on the other side realizing like, wow, we navigated this. We went through this. This coach had some ways uh, they actually don't think we should be together, but you're not going to come out of it in anger, blowing up, fighting. I would imagine, I would hope that at this point, like you guys have both made connections. I think explosions happen when one person comes to realization and the other person isn't there. But if you guys both come to realizations and counseling, it might be less explosive. Right. Maybe. I'm not sure. I would say most of the time, most of the issues come from a lack of knowing how to communicate mm-hmm. and just not communicating, period. And yeah. even if your coach or counselor or therapist or whatever were to say, I don't know if it's a good idea for you guys to be together, your job from that point is to work on learning how to communicate together and then you decide, yes, we should or no, we shouldn't. Right. Just I would they say never, it's not the end all be all, but right. Don't let someone else make that decision for you. Yeah. Um that's good. That's good. Yeah. I don't let someone else be the one to tell you that. Because you're the one who knows deep down in your heart how you feel about all of that. And especially if, you know, we started all this talking about, you know, the second marriage, that second time around. And I will say if you have gotten divorced once it's really easy to just want to jump to divorce the second mm. time. It's like you pop the bubble once. You like, pop the bubble once and it's like, oh, well, this is going to pop again. It's really easy to just – you see that fight coming and you've just – you know, it's like you've driven a car. You've gotten T-boned once. And so then you're always looking to be T-boned and you end up causing the accident the second time rather than just driving the freaking car. You know, it's like you just oh, are always waiting for it to happen and you end up causing the problem rather than just trusting this person that you have fallen in love with to begin with and just deciding to be committed to to the relationship instead of just going with what society tells you. And society tells you that divorce is easy. And culture tells you that it's really easy to just go down to the courthouse and get that little certificate of divorce. And they make it very easy. It's just as easy to get that as it is to get the marriage certificate. I know because I called, you know, it's like I called to get the statistic, you know, so yeah. yeah. Can we move into this section to where you're telling us more of your story with how you navigated your divorce um, and then your path to marriage with Jesse? Yeah. So when I... I got divorced, shoot, I got married 14, 15 years ago, the first time. Um, You know, I was young. We did all the traditional things. I had the vision of, you know, the church with the big white dress and the doors opening on cue and the whole thing. At this point, were you you a wedding planner at this point? Uh, yeah, I had just started. I had just started. So I was like baby wedding planner. (laughs) Really like (laughs) all the excitement and drive. All the excitement and the drive. Yeah. Yeah. I had all the things. I had all the things. I had just started my career. So, you know, I was like 14 years ago. And so, you know, I had the big, big wedding and then, you know, had the life and 10 years later, nine years later, got divorced and, you know, had all that and then planned all these other weddings and everything. And so then when my marriage came around, I had walked away from weddings. I met Jesse and pursued my relationship with him. And I was honestly really glad to not be planning any weddings at the time while in my relationship with him because I was able to completely focus on that. I was doing real estate, which is why Ashley is in her house that drives her crazy. (laughs) 
I love my home. I just need better internet. You need better internet and maybe not the pool. but Maybe whatever. not the pool. Justin's like, can we fill it in? He literally asked me last week. And I'm like, no, I want to love the pool this year. We're going to try. <laughs> After next year, you can fill it in. Right, um, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, did other things. And then, you know, I, we got engaged. And I just knew, I was like, I want this wedding to be nothing like the other one. And so we decided, I was like, I'm going to be the t- <laughs> decided I was going to be a trendsetter before 2020 we did a micro wedding and then you know before they were like the thing that everyone had to do we were doing the thing that I really wanted to do and I really wanted to like do the mountaintop thing with just us and our kids but our kids age range three to ten and we then thought logistically about it and I was like we're gonna have to hike up the mountain with all the kids and then hike down the mountain with all the kids so that's not going to yeah, happen. Difficult. Yeah. So we went out to the Flint Hills and we had our parents with us and our kids and my brother surprised us and showed up and that was it. So it was just like our immediate family. What I didn't anticipate with all of that, I, I was like super stoked when we got engaged. We were going to plan it in a two month time frame. I'm like, I'm a wedding planner. I don't need all the fluff. My focus was the ceremony, and that was it. I was like, I want a really great ceremony. I want beautiful pictures, great video. Ashley shot it. Um, you know, I was like, that. that's all I care about. And um, I did not anticipate that I would have major legal battle with my ex through the entire process. Mm. Oh, and so my entire planning time was spent with deep deep anxiety because it was battle with the kids and custody and where are we going to live and my ex you know lived in one area and my you know husband to be you know we lived in two separate towns which not super far away, but, you know, not nothing. So we had to... Probably just far enough to be an inconvenience. It was right. Annoying. It required... Sure. It was yeah. annoying. It was annoying. It would, you know, required changing schools and all of that. And so, you know, it was going to be like a difficulty. So in the process of planning the wedding, I also was having to prepare for court and all these kinds of things. And so it's like, you know, that's something that when planning the second marriage... You don't plan that you're going to have to involve your ex-spouses. And, you know, then his ex caused some difficulty there. And so it was like I wasn't making sure that, like, I was eating healthy. And I wasn't making sure that I was taking care of myself emotionally and spiritually and, like, all of that. And so my physical body was deteriorating. Like, I was losing weight super fast. I, like, strength-wise, emotionally, all of it, I was just shrinking bad yeah and it, it yeah you can tell in the photos i was sure you were you I were going shrinking. through a lot there was a lot a lot yeah. a lot so then it comes down to the day before the wedding and i get a major i won't go into the details of it but i get a major court document with some very serious details in it with major threats the day before the wedding and, you know, there's some perfect timing that went into that on the part of certain individuals. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I didn't anticipate that I would be sitting getting my hair and makeup done and on the phone with my attorney at the same time on the day of the wedding. And I didn't anticipate that while driving to the ceremony, 
I would be texting my attorney how to reply to get make sure she got the court document filed in time so that because it was like had to be filed that day so that I didn't yeah. have police show up like it was that kind of thing so it was like it was it was heavy it was serious it was really really heavy and so it's like and in the pictures like I don't think other people can see it but like I can see the anxiety in me and like there's a couple where I'm laughing but it's like I look weird <laughs> like it's just like I look you know in the video and in the picture images and stuff it's like I can't take that moment back like mm -hmm. I can't there's a part of me that feels like it was stolen I'm so sorry. I didn't know any of that. You're right. You said before getting on here that you didn't know if I knew what was going on and I had no idea. Yeah. And I know that, man, that is, you talked about before we got on the nature, you, you said this phrase, you said the nature of the second wedding. And that's kind of what this sounds like maybe you're, you're getting at and you're getting to is that for the second marriage and the second wedding, there is this extra weight that you're going to be carrying around and it's not just even leading up to the wedding it sounds like there's this this other element that's going to exist and kind of be present I mean would is that kind of what you're what you're kind of getting to yeah so like you know you're in my mind you know where we got married was out in the Flint Hills and there's this beautiful waterfall and you know in my mind it was like it symbolized life and that constant flow. And we walked across this bridge and it was like we were walking across as two families and walking back across as one. Oh, and at the same time, like for my kids and for his kids, like we were becoming this family, but we were becoming a family that they don't choose. And, mm. you know, like, they were excited about it, but they're also kind of uncomfortable about it. You know, it's like they want to have a lot of joy with each other. The kids do. But they also don't always know each other perfectly well because they still have to figure out how to blend with each other. And, you know, right. they want like the little girls want to love on me, but I'm not their real mom. And the older kids want to love on Jesse, but he's not their dad. And, you know, it's like the there's a little bit of uncomfortableness even in the midst of all the beauty. And so though it's beautiful, it's also an element of just a little bit of awkwardness and oddness too that was felt even heavier by the – the legal and the difficulty that was all brought in. Yeah. It made it that much more alive in my mind. And so, you know, it just, it brought all of that even more alive and real mm -hmm. to me. And it stripped away some of the beauty from it. The beauty from like those symbol, like the symbolization of like, the we're going to walk back together and you're like, now this is, this legal document is making me not feel what I wanted to feel and why I said, why I chose this, why, what this bridge yeah. meant to me. And yeah. So, so it's, it's a little bit, a little bit harder, you know, and, and, you know, that nature of the second marriage, it's, it's so beautiful and that blending, 
but it's also the beginning of a journey that's not easy. And you don't always fully know, unless you're a family that has been together for a really long time and you're just now making it legal, or if you're a family that's known each other for a long time and your kids have grown up together because, you know, you know, every situation is so different. Ours wasn't right. that way. Our kids totally, didn't yeah. know each other that well. You know, our our relationship wasn't super long. Um, you know, some people I know, you know, you know each other for years. And so it feels a little more natural. Ours wasn't that way. Ours was was shorter. So for us to blend together that way, it was it it was the beginning of our journey which was beautiful and at the same time it was the beginning of a journey that was like mm. it's the journey <laughs> you know yeah. it's like you just don't you you're you're expecting this beautiful it's kind of like you're chasing a fairy tale and it's like no this is not a fairy tale this is a drama <laughs> this is a drama it's, movie it's almost like like you're saying all this and it's almost like the cost maybe isn't counted for everyone. Like maybe doesn't, maybe people who get married a second time don't realize the weight of like, especially yeah. with children, you know, you, you hit on blending families and that was something that I wanted to talk about, but that adds a whole nother layer and dynamic like yeah. to the whole thing. And, and, and so I guess it, it, to me, it feels like it would take a really, really two very strong people who are prepared to be very selfless. Um, marriage is always about being selfless. But when you add kids into it, like I say this all the time, when my brother one time asked me, like, man, what's it like to be married? And then what's it like to be a parent? I said, I like to say, when you get married, you realize, like, at least for me, that I was a selfish asshole and that I just cared about myself. Well, then you get, and then you, you get, you know, you think you're doing good and then you have kids and you're like, man, I'm not as selfish anymore. Well, then kids teach you, like, no, you still have selfish asshole in you and that it's there because then it's really not about you. When you're blending families, there's, I mean, there's just all of these moving pieces. And so I just feel like it takes this very strong person, these people who are willing to be very selfless for a while to not only make sure that their significant other, their now spouse is good and that they're doing okay. But now these, these little ones that are now in the picture are also okay. And being understanding that there's outbursts and there's crying and there's tears and there's fighting and there's all of this, but you got to like get through those growing pains I would imagine. And I don't know that they ever fully go away. Yeah. Yeah. They say that it takes seven to eight years for a family to blend. And depending on the age of your kids, by the time you're blended, they've moved out. (laughs) I mean, depending on some of them. So, you know, you're, you go and you plan this beautiful wedding and you're all excited about it. And then the reality comes just like any wedding, you know, you, you plan for this big day and then you have this eight hour window that begins the rest of your life. And it's the same thing where you wake up the next day and it's like, okay, well now the rest of your life begins. And even if you guys have been together for 10 years, the rest of your life after that eight hour window is different, whether you want to admit it or not, it's different. It's not the same. And I know, Ashley, you've talked about that since you and Justin mm-hmm. were together for a while and it, it was different. Yeah, it shifts. Yeah. Yeah. It, it changes it. So when you then step into your second marriage, you again plan for this and then you get married and now you have the rest of your life that now shifts after that again eight hour window or in my case hour and a half window you know shift and change and then 
now it's changed in a whole new way, but it's changed not for just our two lives. It's changed for six lives yeah. for us and our four kids. And so it just completely changed everything. And, you know, it, it, it just, the, the mind shift that we had to take afterwards was very, very different. And had we been fully prepared and thought of all of that, we probably would have made our engagement a little bit longer, maybe a lot longer, <laughs> you know, but we didn't know what we didn't know. Just like any other bride, I'm a wedding planner and I didn't think about all of this. Um, you know, from a wedding planner's perspective, I'm like, I've been married before. I've done weddings. I've done hundreds of weddings. I'm good, you know? Yeah. And I can do this you, in two months. I can do this. Well, of course I can plan a wedding. I can plan my wedding in a day. And I pretty much did, you know? And I, you know, when, as far as marriage, it's like, well, yeah, did that too. Granted, it ended, but <laughs> did that too, you know? Um, but, you know, it's it's just... You don't know what you don't know. You had said that you planned this wedding because, and you thought it was going to be easy because you've already planned another wedding and a lot of others. How can couples go into planning their second wedding and be more prepared and like not be shocked by, you know, they, they've done it before. They're like, I've, I'm, they're not expecting a lot of curveballs, and you're bringing to light that like emotionally, there's a lot that's different. There's a lot of curveballs. Yeah. How can they prepare for yeah, that? Yeah, what are those curveballs? Um, if you have children, keep in mind that every element will emotionally impact them. You may be able to plan the elements of your wedding just like any other day, or you may be able to plan it easily. Or if you have a planner which I would obviously encourage anyone to do, then you're going to be able to plan it well. If you have children, they will be emotionally impacted. And so get their insight. Ask them what they're excited about for the wedding. If you have kids that are a little bit older, if they are not excited about the wedding, find what kind of things excite them, whether it's baseball, whether it's candy, whether it's, you know, what kind of things interest them, you know, Abigail, I haven't listened to all of, full disclosure, I haven't listened to all of her mm -hmm. podcasts. Did she tell you about the pinata? Did she talk about the pinata? I don't think so. Yeah, oh, she didn't, no. no. She, okay. One of her awesome, my, awesome things, she had an adult pinata. That sounds kind of, <laughs> sounds a little kinky. <laughs> she, she had a kid's pinata and she had, an, she had a pinata for adults only. That okay. was full of miniature liquor bottles and tattoos of her and Darren's faces. That's oh hilarious my. and so yeah. creative. So creative. So, you know, like find things that the kids would love and put it in. Like make something about them for the day. Like incorporate them in the ceremony. You know, Jesse and I wrote vows specifically to the kids. And there's certain things that I remember about the ceremony. Like, I know our littlest, Remy, she sang Row, Row, Row Your Boat through most of the ceremony. I don't remember what our officiant said, but I know she sang Row Your Boat. I know as soon as it was over, my son Brennan bolted for the trees because he had to pee so bad. <laughs> you know, like there's certain yep. things that like I remember him like taking off. Like there's certain things that you will remember 
about your kids if you incorporate your kids and those memories will stick with you forever and will stick with them. Find ways to incorporate your kids as much as possible. Um, you know, for your spouse, really just take that coaching and that counseling point to heart. Like get to know your spouse on the deepest level possible or your your soon-to-be spouse on the deepest level possible and commit like if it gets tough, divorce is not an option or divorce is not a topic we will bring up unless we have tried every other option first. You know, mm-hmm. you will have gone to counseling. We will have read every book, done everything. We have talked to all the people. We have done all the things we can, you know. Commitment. Like you're committed to making it work. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It sounds like divorce isn't the first, it's not the first thing we do. It's the last, you know, like it, it's, we're going to go through all of these other steps because of the weight of the commitment that we are making. Yeah. Whether this is your first marriage, second marriage, you know, it, it, that counting the cost and like understanding the commitment. I love the counting. So, so, so important. Yeah. I love the counting the cost comment because especially like you know in that you know when you're in your second marriage or whatever like there's so many little lives at stake when you have you know if you have kids especially like you're just impacting so many people so you mentioned talking about abigail and yeah. you know the pinata and the stickers and mm-hmm. stuff. so that was something you know she did lots of things with intention what are some things that you and jesse did that are filled with intention because Ashley was saying that like, Oh my gosh, she, there were so all the things. Number one, you guys were in the Flint Hills. I know that like, that's a big piece of it. You guys chose to have this intimate ceremony. You involved the kids. Is there anything else that you guys did? Um, that, that was intimate filled with intention. We just wanted no people. We wanted nobody else there. That was literally nobody. We wanted nobody. That was the biggest thing. We wanted no one else there. Um, We really debated whether or not we were going to have our parents even there. Um, Wow. Honestly, the only reason, (laughs) this is terrible. If they ever hear this, we'd probably be super offended. But the only reason we had them there was because um, we needed somebody to take the kids (laughs) when we were done. (laughs) Um, And then my brother showed up, which was super sweet because he was supposed to be out of town. But um, he showed up, which was fantastic. But, um, you know, we, we... drove around and looked for actually I drove around and looked for a spot I knew I wanted it to be by a waterfall he proposed to me by a waterfall um and then on our honeymoon we hiked to a waterfall like it was just waterfalls have kind of become a thing for us um obviously the honeymoon was after the wedding but they have continued to be a thing for us um you know writing our own vows writing our vows to our kids um you know we had our officiant sing he's an amazing musician as well and he sang um a song called your mess is mine which just speaks to us because both of our lives are you know you just when you take on somebody else's life after you've walked divorce on both sides that's just the reality you know you're taking on each other's life and so that was big um we both really wanted to spend our mornings um we didn't want to see each other before the wedding we wanted to spend our mornings with our kids so we you know did did that um and then gosh what else was there um i loved that you spent your morning with your kids though that was so sweet yeah 
we um yeah. we ended up doing our technically a, a first dance to i don't even remember the song but ashley we were <laughs> out on a dirt road out in the middle of nowhere and ashley i think you turned on some song on your phone and like slid it across the dirt <laughs> dirt road in the sunset and we just danced by ourselves in a dirt road in the middle of nowhere and that was our first yes. dance and, yeah, and then afterwards you guys went and had burgers we went and had burgers at this little um, hole in the wall tiny yeah. place at this little place in Howard, Kansas. Had burgers and milkshakes. Yeah, it was by ourselves. Well, and it was there a re? Okay, so backing up to you wanted nobody there. Was there? What was the like heart behind that decision? <sighs> oh, yeah. Um, I just I remember have having been at so many events with so many people it always was just about all the people and i knew that our marriage i wanted it to be focused on us and our kids and i knew that i didn't want to have to put on a show i didn't want to have to put on any decoration I wanted my dress to be just simple and sleek and my hair down like I normally wore it. And I just wanted to be natural in me. And I wanted us to be able to just be ourselves and be out in nature where we love it. And when it comes, you know, we mentioned that like our faith is very powerful to us. And, you know, Jesse has always said that, you know, he feels the closest to God when he's out in nature. And so we just wanted to be out in nature. And for me, water is a huge representation of God because it's moving and breathing and a waterfall is just never stopping. And so that was that. really powerful to me. And it was really moving that day, so much so that we couldn't hear very well. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I and so nothing. that was, I didn't which was perfect. That was so perfect because even though our family was there, they were far enough away that none of them actually heard anything. So our officiant and our kids and us, we could hear what was being said. But to this day, none of our family knows anything about our ceremony. It mm -hmm. still is just us and our officiant. That they knows. literally so like just nature witnessed. hacked it for you, nature and you hacked guys it. still were. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So while us. we're on the topic of faith, I think w I'd love for us to dive into almost this taboo topic surrounding divorce and faith, because a lot of times there are there might be people who their faith is very important to them, but because of that, they will not even allow themselves to consider that this might be an option for them yeah. when there are very real, real reasons where it it honestly should be a thing that they consider and do for their safety, the safety of others and all that stuff. So the question I want to ask you is when you went through your divorce, yeah. how did your faith play a role in how you navigated that journey? Because it, it was a journey, you know, long journey, yeah, hard journey, lots of stuff that you went through. How did your faith fit into that? Yeah, it it was extremely hard, extremely difficult. Um, I would say I spent many years prior to it, actually, um, in deep, deep prayer, for sure. I definitely 
was always seeking out the truth before I ever actually made a move. And so that would be my biggest encouragement is always seek out the truth first in anything. Um, so I'm I'm not a huge proponent of um, saying that like biblically, like you should never get divorced. Obviously I did. So, you know, I think that there are situations that um, obviously things happen and there are situations where, you know, things happen. Um, but there are three heavy proponents to this. I feel like one, you need to seek out counseling and figure things out. You need to be honest with your partner and be like, we need to figure some things out. If you are not getting along, if communication is not there, if there's fighting like crazy, like you got to be real about where you're at and what you want in your life and what you want your marriage to be. But the thing is, you have to both be on board with something like that. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What do, what what do you what advice do you give to someone who they're like, babe, we need we need to we need to get counseling. Yeah. We need to get coaching. And they're like, nope, not going to do it. I you know, you, you keep you keep trying. You keep trying and you go yourself and you figure out what you can do. But at, at the end of the day, I feel like if you, if I'm not going to be the one to tell someone that they should walk away from their relationship, yeah. um, my encouragement would be to go yourself and get some strong counsel from somebody who's smarter than me <laughs> um, and then That's good. and go from there. But start with getting some wise counsel from someone that's not me, but start with that for sure um the second piece to that would be if if you're in a dangerous situation you need to remove yourself from the situation period if your kids are in a dangerous situation you need to remove yourselves from the situation period and that's i'm i'm not afraid to say that publicly i would say it privately i would say i would say it on a stage from a loudspeaker and i'm not afraid yeah. to say that i don't care what background you come from i i absolutely there's no place for that in this world at all yeah and i'm gonna get a little spiritual even though we said you know i'm not gonna start dropping verses but i just want you to really ask yourself and not this is anyone who's listening if you are struggling with this and you are somebody who is in an abusive situation whether that's physical emotional mm -hmm. mental i mean toxic toxic manipulation to where it's just your life feels like a hell like, and I don't say that lightly. There are that is a reality for some people, uh, not just women, men too, but usually I think the majority men are in the minority in this situation. But it does happen. I would ask yourself this question: If God is so loving and He loves me so much, is this a situation that He would want me to endure and to just blindly submit and be this? woman who just takes right. the beatings for the glory of God. And I say that half-heartedly, like joking, snarky, but when you ask yourself that question, if you allow yourself to arrive at the place to where you, if you truly do feel like God is love and he's loving, he doesn't want that for you. I'm just going to, I'll say that. Mm -hmm. You may have a, someone else in your life, a pastor, da, da 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 who says like, you you sit there and you pray for him and you do this and that. Like, listen, at the end of the day, if God really is as against divorce as so many people would say and you get to heaven and you're already forgiven you know like that that whole process happens like what's what's gonna be the negative there i mean the the lord forgives like right 
So, and I'm not saying this to like you, you to work yourself and go through these mental hula hoops and gymnastics, but I really, really would encourage you to lean into the God is love and that he does not want that for you. I mean, we see in the Bible that God stepped in so many times to actually help those who were hurting, who were the poor, the widowed, the abused, the beaten, all of those people. And you are no different. He would. And I think wants you to not be in that place there. Preach over. Done. Fantastic. Loved it. That was great. I'm like nodding my head the whole time. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I feel like if, if you feel like you're at that space, at that place, then it's your responsibility to address it. So whether that means you talk to, you need to talk to your person, period, Unless you are in the situation that Chris just talked about, then you straight up need to get out. Um, but you need to you need to address it. You need to talk to your person. And if your person is refusing to work on anything and is refusing to talk to you about it, then then you go talk to a therapist or a coach or a counselor yourself and you work on yourself and then you take steps from there as you need to and you know cross that bridge as you go yeah it's just like you can't control anyone or their actions you can only control yours so if you don't have and you're not with somebody who wants to take that action with you or is willing to take that action with you that you desire you can only control yourself and so I love that little bit of advice Faith, I just love when these interviews, they just kind of take their own shape and they just begin to go down their own path. And even at the very beginning, when we hit on so much about premarital counseling, like that was so good. And I think that's so valuable. Is there anything that you wanted to say, like and hit on that was like, man, I really want to touch on this that we haven't gotten to yet? I mean, I think we covered a bunch of it. I think it's just the being mentally aware that if you are heading into marriage for the second time, just be prepared that it can be just as beautiful, but it's not going to be the same because you have another, you have emotions that are going to come up that are going to be a little bit different depending on what your past situation was. They may not. You may be that person that like your ex is going to come to your wedding. I don't know. Like, and it's, if so, like, cool. That might be weird, but cool. Like, you know, I mean, that might be fine. But, you know, if you're not and you're in more of a situation like mine was, and to be fair, we're not in that same space now, like, which is good. I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, I mean, we're we're not in that same space as we were. But, you know, you, you may be running across situations that may be different. You may have things come up that could trigger you, that could bring on emotions that you do not expect, like, be prepared, be emotionally prepared and ready because you may have things come up that could just blindside you a little bit or blindside your future spouse. And if that happens, yeah. be give them some grace. Give some grace to yourself. Give some grace to your fiance because they're going to not expect it either. And it doesn't mean that they are still necessarily like in love with their ex (laughs) it doesn't mean like it doesn't mean that there's any like 
attraction there or anything like that if there's something yep. that brings up some past emotion it just means that it, it just triggered means they're human. it means they're human it means that it brought up some past trigger you know of some kind because it reminded them of their past wedding or whatever it's just the reality that you could have some emotions that are going to pop up that you're not expecting and anticipating it's natural and it's okay that's all from a planning perspective yeah do you have any final thoughts that you can give planning couples be intentional be intentional on the emotion and the reality of what's happening and the details are great but if the details don't have intention behind them they really don't matter that much i could plan a four hundred thousand dollar wedding or i could plan a twelve hundred thousand dollar wedding if they don't have intention neither of them matter yeah i love that with your couples do you see them like getting wrapped up and stressed out, um, you know, like going into your planning mindset? Do you see mm -hmm. them all focused on anything in particular that like afterwards they're all just like, I just wish I wouldn't have put my mental space so much there. You know what I mean? Oh, I would say that it's different for every couple. Mm hmm. But if they are focused on it because they're doing it for show purpose, that takes up their mental space. Yeah, it's back if to the If they're doing intention. it, it's back to the intention every time. If their intention is to make it personal because it has a purpose for their guests as far as like comfort or it has a purpose for their guests – as far as showing love or intention or showing who they are as a couple, it comes easy. If it's not it's, stress you out. No. If it's I have to spend $400,000 because I have to up my game from my cousin who spent $500,000. I planned some really big weddings recently, so that's why I got to do it. You know, like then, then it's very stressful because it's all about upping the game and showing yeah. off. And then that's totally different. You're focused on the wrong thing. If your focus is off, you will be stressed. Yeah. It's I like just even from a perspective of going to a venue and being like, I saw so-and-so do this to this wall. I feel like I need to decorate this wall. Ground mm -hmm. yourself again and your purpose, your why. Like, do yep. you actually care about that? Why is that taking up so much mental energy? Yes. And then like tell yourself – well, because I need to do the same thing or better than so-and-so did. Like that might actually be the reality of what your subconscious mind is like feeding you. Right. And I actually don't know if that's subconscious mind regardless. I think it is, right? Whatever part know. of your brain is interacting, so. if it's not, if your why isn't there. Yeah. Don't, li don't live there. Don't live there. I love that. Yeah. So on you being a planner, Faith, will you tell people where they can find you, what what all avenues they can. Yeah, plug your podcast, yeah. everything. Plug all the things. Okay. Plug all the things. Yes. Talk plug about all yourself. the things. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at Bellamore Events, and there's underscores between Bell, Amore, mm -hmm. and Events. Um, our podcast is the Inspired to Plan podcast. It is geared towards vendors, but brides do think it is kind of funny, especially when we tell there are like all of stories. our behind the horror stories. <laughs> yep, we have some pretty funny ones. Um, so there is that. I also have my Chasing Fire podcast that you can find. And then my Instagram for that is faithmore.life. So you're welcome to find that as well. 
And of course, bellamorevents.com is where you can find all the wedding jazz. Of Do you, just because I actually don't know the answer to this, do you travel for event planning or do you just serve the Kansas area? I do travel and actually I do some subcontracting work through Ever After events out in San Diego and do some West Coast events as well. So, yeah. Nice. Very, very cool. Well, Faith, thank you so, so very much for sharing your insight, your expertise, your personal experience, getting vulnerable with us. Oh, my gosh. All the things I can't even begin to tell you how grateful that I am to have you on. I know, Chris, I told you you were going to love her. I know. I love her already. (laughs) Seriously, you, I mean, anyone who's willing to come on and bear their soul, which is what you did. Yeah, truly. uh, For the sake of helping others, like, can't go wrong with people like that like so i i just thank you so much for just being real and being honest because your story while it is unique to you other people have elements that they can relate to that and and that and i know it's going to help them so thank you so much for coming on i'm sure it won't be the last time you're on (laughs) no i literally same yeah (laughs) well thank you for having me Yes. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening. If you want to, you can follow us at thebridalbreakdown.com and not thebridalbreakdown.com. I mean, <laughs> you could go, you could go to thebridalbreakdown.com. That's our website. Um, but if you want to interact with us, go and do that on Instagram at thebridalbreakdown. Ashley is back on social media. She's back in the saddle. She's asking questions. She's polling. She's doing all of the things. And so, uh, and if you don't see us for a while on there, that means that we're taking a break and yep. that's okay too. Yep. It'll come in, in rhythms and flows and stuff. So, but feel free to shoot us a DM, interact with us, leave us a review, all of the things. And uh, we'll bring you a new episode this Friday. We'll see you guys then. See ya. See ya.